Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, and we are continuing our little bachelor theme for this episode. I am still here in LA at the WeWork Santa Monica location and absolutely loving their offices. Um, and today I have in the lovely CN from Ari Season. Hi, Taylor. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having um, me. You were definitely another person from Aria Season that I was like watching and I was like, you know, I relate to her. I, I dig her vibes and like I want to be friends with her. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you were very sweet the entire time. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so first, for people who like are maybe not um, familiar with you right now, you are in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also a Yale grad, mm-hmm. which had came up um, on the show. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about that just because... I think we've had very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we're going to kind of get into a little bit of this landmark experience. And um, I'm really thankful and excited to like learn more about you and for you to, you know, open up and be vulnerable with us here. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. So you went to Yale and <laughs> got your degree in what? Was this for a bachelor's? Yes, I got my bachelor's in economics. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's super wonderful. I'm, and not even because A, because Yale, but B, because economics is like the total opposite field of anything I am yeah. like <laughs> smart in at all. So that's wonderful. Well, I, you know, I was always kind of interested in business and there was no business mm-hmm. degree at Yale. So economics was kind of the closest thing. Mm-hmm. Also a little confession, econ was the only major at Yale where you didn't have to write a senior thesis. Oh yeah. So that definitely <laughs> good, good luck. swayed my decision. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always have been into math mm-hmm. and things. So that's kind of how I yeah. chose that major. Yeah. And when you had disclosed that on the show, that mm-hmm. that was where you went to school and um, and all of that, what was the kind of feedback that you got? Um, from who? From Ari, from the producers? <laughs> from, <laughs> exactly. From America. Oh, from America. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I I knew that it was going to be like part of my story and it's not something mm-hmm. that I'm ashamed of at all. I'm, yeah. you know, very proud of the fact that I got into Yale and and graduated from Yale, but it's it's also a a small part of who I am. So I yes. didn't want it to be my entire narrative. Mm-hmm. Um I think, you know, in some ways and I don't know if we'll get into this, but I think that there's always kind of like one person of color who's kind of in the fan favorites, right? There's usually yeah. not more than one. Mm-hmm. There's usually one. So I kind of could see once I made it past like the second or third episode that I was probably going to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, because I think there was a lot of the show that, um, how do I say this? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay. That, I, I think that... Um, Hmm. I'm losing my train of thought here, but basically what I'm saying is because a lot of my personality was wasn't portrayed on the show, I think yeah. my narrative was like CN is like the smart, the smart girl. black girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in in a way it's like I I feel like I walked away from the experience unscathed. Yeah. But in also in a lot of other ways it's like that is such a small, small. part of who mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in general, I was very happy with the reception that I got from, mm-hmm. you know, America and the audience. There was, yeah. luckily I didn't have to deal with a lot of, you know, um, negative feedback, but I also feel like in a way I wish more of my personality could mm-hmm. have been shown because some of that negative feedback is, is okay. You yeah. know, you don't have to be all, always so shielded and so mm-hmm. protected. So definitely. Yeah. See, I think, um, it's interesting because when I watched you and saw some of your experience, um, I think some of what your experience was was more of what I would have thought mine would have mm-hmm. been. Um, and even from the beginning, before the show even aired, actually, they had put something out um, and it was in some magazine and it was basically how like, I'm the intelligent one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first it was people praising it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the Hopkins thing, they yeah. definitely wanted to play up. And it was interesting because for me, it was, I initially didn't want to go to Hopkins mm-hmm. because my ex, um, we were together at the time, but 
he was in the program and I would see how people reacted to him and they were like, oh my God, you go to Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, well, you're going to like cure cancer for us and all this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like it's bring a lot it of down pressure. a notch. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't want that. And mm-hmm. I don't want to like get things just because I have the name and all of that. And so it was like this whole, you know, process I went through to even like actually accept um, the acceptance. Um, but then going on the show, you know, I especially was like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I went to Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. And they actually really kind of like brought me on my shell, shell to be like, no, Taylor, like you should be really proud of this. Like yeah. this is a positive thing. And I was kind of like, oh, like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, I can, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm going to own it, you know? And um, then it was very interesting because before even any of the actual drama had came up and people would like pick sides yeah. or whatever, um, people were literally like were questioning whether or not I actually could be a therapist and whether oh, or not yeah. like I actually had my degree with my age. And I'm sure part of it also was like being a woman of color yeah. and like all of that. So it was like from the get-go, I was almost like questioned mm-hmm. as like being able to have this education um, as well, a I young think, woman yeah, of color. I, and I think that that's partly why, I mean... I didn't really tell hardly any of the girls actually. Same. I the producers knew of course and so mm-hmm. they encouraged me to talk to, you know, Ari about it and slowly like people found out, but I didn't want it to be a mm-hmm. thing. And I also think that it's sort of like when someone knows that you have that degree, that pedigree of, you know, um, of achieving that, they kind of hold you to a different standard, which Absolutely. is it's unfair because it's like if I say something that's a little bit, you know, Silly. airbrained, mm-hmm. it's like, but wait, you went to Yale. How, you know, how could you? And it's like, I'm, I'm human. Yes. And so in a way you kind of, it's like you want to be proud of it, but you also mm-hmm. want to make sure that that's not your entire essence of who you are. And like, yeah. I'm sure you got this too, but a lot of people saying, oh, you're too good to be on the show. Why are you mm-hmm. on the show? You went to Yale. Why would you do that? And it's like, I just think for me, you never understand everyone's entire story, their full story. Um, And it's like, I know it's supposed to be a compliment, but in a way it's like, and I mentioned this, I like tweeted about it early on when I was hearing it so Mm -hmm. much. And then it kind of, I felt like after that, it kind of dwindled down, but Mm -hmm. I basically said, you know, um, it sounds like it's a compliment, except by saying that it makes it sound like there's something else wrong with me if I went to Yale and I went on The Bachelor. So it's not really a compliment. Yep. So it's, it's so weird for me to hear you say all of this because I feel like it's totally a reflection of all the things mm-hmm. I have said. <laughs> um, and I think for me, it almost was also like an extra step of uh, being a therapist mm-hmm. because the stigmati- stigmatization, stigmas, <laughs> stigma around uh, mental health just in and of itself. And even like saying something like that, like, oh, stigmatization. Mm-hmm. People frequently throw out things like, oh, yeah, Hopkins. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. Um, but totally having this understanding of like, you are a whole person. Mm-hmm. And just because you have some kind of a degree or some kind of knowledge in something does not mean that you are then actually like this perfect person. Exactly, um, yeah. And it's hard to humanize yourself being someone on reality TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's all kinds of layers to it. But I think it's really important um, for young women, especially young women mm-hmm. of color, to be able to feel confident in taking ownership of their successes and of their yeah. achievements. Um, you also strike me as someone who's like very ambitious and who very much um, works hard for her achievements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I, you know, it's interesting what you just said about because you, especially being a woman of color, even though you have the achievement, achievements, you have to work even harder to mm-hmm. kind of protect them. Like, for yeah. example, um, when the show was still airing, I had a conversation with Becca, who I'm really close, little Becca, who I'm mm-hmm. really close with. And she wanted to, you know, she's very open on mm-hmm. social media and she kind of expresses everything and, you know, and... And that that works for her. And I had to explain to her, because she wanted to post something about me, I had to explain to her that like, yes, I am, you know, like a lot more free-spirited than yeah. it may come off on the show. But I, can't, I don't have that same freedom that she does. So I can't, privilege I, too. I, I can't show those same things on social media. I have to be a little bit more careful because, you know, I might be criticized in a way that she isn't. So yeah. it's kind of that. And that's why I was so kind of, um, I think I I got out of my shell as the show went on, but in the beginning I was very, very mm-hmm. nervous to kind of 
do anything yeah. <laughs> outrageous. No, so. and I, I totally relate relate to that. Even just me like saying fuck. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, well, you shouldn't be allowed to be a mental health counselor. <laughs> it's like, excuse yeah. me. Um, and then you do, you find yourself kind of withholding parts of yourself and suppressing these yeah. different aspects of your personality for fear of this criticism and this hate and this negative feedback at such, rid- at such a ridiculous volume via mm-hmm. social media. Um, and I think that's something almost everyone from the show can relate to. Um, and I'm curious for you now, like how you know, how you kind of, how you deal with that? Like, is that still a place where you're at where you feel like you can't share these, you know, other authentic parts of yourself? Um, Um, No, I mean, I think I definitely show more of myself, but I always, it never, you know, I'm always like second guessing, like, is that too much? Is someone going to say, you know, this, like... Trying to keep it very, like, PC. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, even I posted... Like who I, depending on like who I post photos with, like someone Mm -hmm. commented, like you only post photos with white people, which is not true. Yeah. I get that too. Actually. People are like, do you have like people of color as your friends in Seattle? And I'm like, I I do. I I do too. I actually have some of my very like best girlfriends are, but they don't ever want me to post photos with them. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They just don't want, I don't know. They don't like the photos. So it's like, it's like, you never know what's going Mm on. Um, and I think especially, you know, recently I posted a photo with my boyfriend who is white. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like, I never want to alienate anyone. Um, and then also it's just like kind of a, a yeah. complicated yeah. thing. But yeah, I mean, I think I, um, I'm trying to be a little bit less critical of myself and, you mm-hmm. know, be show the different sides of myself because I, you know, I know that there are a lot of things that people don't see. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's interesting. Like I'm kind of piecing this whole little cycle together as we're having this conversation, you know, um, people oftentimes criticize social media for being this highlight reel of Mm -hmm. things. And I think it's interesting because when people do share some of those more vulnerable parts or those parts that maybe we're not expecting, Mm -hmm. and then we receive this criticism and this feedback, so then we retract and then we want to share the things that that people are going to respond positively to. And it's kind of like if we actually just encourage people to just like be who they are and to like share what's authentic and what is also vulnerable, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, that then it, it kind of actually brings this whole other like authenticity and just realism to our social media. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of, you know, what I am working towards because I think, you know, even though most people that follow me or 99% of the people that follow me know me from The Bachelor, it's like there's so much before and there will be so much more after The Bachelor. So I, you know, want to show that. Yeah. And for me, that was, you know, a... Very like recent, I did say as of June, decision that I made for myself of like, I know what people who follow me like to see, mm-hmm. and I and I understand that. However, I want to just feel like myself again, yeah. and I want to share the things that I really care about, and I hope that by doing that, that people who care about those things as well will continue well, to follow yeah. me or will find me, or that those of you who do follow and who are more interested in these other things will also learn mm-hmm. and, and find interest mm-hmm. in those things, mm-hmm. and therefore, like by me being authentic, I'm more authentically connecting with other people. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to post all my food stuff, I'm going to post my cat stuff, like... Yeah. I don't care. It's not all smileys and bachelor world. No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. And that's the thing. I think the sooner that you can kind of transition to showing that, the mm-hmm. better because this doesn't last forever. And yeah. you want to have, I think it's easy to, like, because it is such a crazy, unique experience. But like I said, there's so much that you experienced before mm-hmm. bachelor and you have a whole life to live after and, yep. you know, what, how is that going to look? So, yeah. So I want to, I want to learn a little bit about your life pre-bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about like that you're like this very ambitious woman <laughs> and, you know, with these achievements and everything. Um, and so I'm curious, like what kind of your journey with that has been a little bit, but mm-hmm. also like some of these other parts of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, what are the highlights? Um, so I grew up in California. Mm-hmm. I have um, three older brothers, and I think that that kind of influenced me and who is I, who I am as a person quite a bit because they were um, quite a bit older. One's eighteen years older, one's ten okay, yeah. years older, and one's four years older. So all of high school, I was kind of an, an only child, let's yeah. say. 
Um, and I've always been really independent, I think, because I mm-hmm. never had a sister. So it was always kind of me trying to um, figure my way out and because yeah. they were so much older. So I think, you know, growing up that that was hard, but mm-hmm. um, it definitely, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely added character and made me stronger. Um, let's see, what are... I mean, what and then, kind of, well, we've talked about, um, and for people who don't watch the show... yeah. Um, We've we've talked about your background and being a person of color. And yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So, um, like what, like where I actually come from, or like my yeah, experience. Like how that how that plays a role in like in your identity okay. and in your culture and um, and how perhaps you know it's impacted or influenced some of the like ambition that you have. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I don't know. It's it's hard because it's like you, when you are a person of color, you don't know the difference, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think that, and, and also you never forget that you are, mm-hmm. you know, no one yeah. ever lets you forget You're that. Reminded. Um, I think that, you know, I was really lucky to be blessed with, you know, two parents who made sure that even though we didn't have a lot, mm-hmm. um, that whatever they did have, they made sure I was always involved and, you know, always um, at least achieving what I could. And so for me, it kind of just naturally, it was a natural progression of this is my parents wanted the best for me. So, you know, I wanted the best for myself and it kind of, that's just how things, um, transition. For example, my junior year of high school, I wanted to run for Miss Teen Long Beach because I was (laughs) like, I want to be Miss Teen Long Beach because it'll help me get into college. Yeah. And my parents were like, no, absolutely not. And they were like, why you don't they didn't understand it and I told them I was like well if I do it I'm gonna win Mm -hmm. and I won and it was just like I think at some point them wanting me to do well just kind of transitioned to me wanting to do well for myself Mm. um and they didn't have to really push me anymore it just kind of it just kind of happened um and you know I think that my parents like it's not like I said, it's not something that I ever forgot. I never forgot that I was a, a woman of color. Um, but we also grew up in a very mixed family. Hmm. Uh, my mom's cousins are white, and hmm. my my grandmother is Indian, and hmm. so it felt like I always felt comfortable transitioning from you know one group of people to the next, except yeah. in high school when people like kind of self segregated. Mm-hmm. So that was weird for me because I was like, I don't want to be with only white people and I don't want to be with only black people. So it was kind of, it took a while for me to find my way Mm -hmm. in high school where I felt like I had, you know, the people that I really just liked, Mm -hmm. not, you know, regardless of, you know, their skin color. Yeah. I think I found some, some similarities in that. I mean, I didn't, I grew up with predominant, like all white people. Mm -hmm. Um, and being only with my mom, um, and my biological dad is black. And so I was just only with like the white side of my Mm -hmm. family. Um, and so had a very different experience and, um, we've done, we we did do a a biracial episode, um, back in, I want to say February, uh, with a close family friend of mine who was like the only person of color really in my Mm -hmm. life growing up. Um, and he like definitely made it a point to be like, you know, he was like my mom's ex-boyfriend's best friend. And he was like, even when they broke up, he was like, no, like I'm going to stay in Taylor's life as like a male role model of Mm -hmm. a black man. Um, I'm so thankful that he did that because it definitely allowed me to like develop that relationship. Mm -hmm. But um, it it was, it's always been a weird, a weird experience of trying to figure out like how, how do I? Well, yeah, because I mean, going back to that, I think, you know, now that you bring that point up in elementary and pretty much all the way through high school, when I started kind of being in um, the gate program, which is like gifted and talented, mm-hmm. mo- the majority of my classmates were white. So obviously yeah. you're friends with who you're in class with. And yeah. it was tough because, you know, you see, you get from, you know, black people that, you know, you're not black enough. Yes. And then yeah. you're never white enough to be mm-hmm. white. And so it's just, yep. yeah, you kind of live in this, yeah, this universe of just it's trying to weird. figure it out. Yes. It's, it's a very weird place to be. Yeah. And one of the things that you said on the show that like resonated with me so much and was something I 
that my inner voice was saying throughout not only Bachelor but also Paradise and other parts of my life too, <laughs> um, was that like, you know, you don't see girls that look like you mm-hmm. with these stories. Mm-hmm. That like this isn't something that happens to you. And even just getting on the show was that for me. It was yeah. like, well, are we sure? Like yeah. this isn't like what I've ever like. People don't pick me for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it and it has always been that experience, especially in middle school. Was like. I was in South Carolina, so that was when it was like the mm. most present mm-hmm. of like black girls don't like me because I am not black enough mm-hmm. and white girls don't like me because I am somewhat black, mm-hmm. which means I'm not white enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this whole like weird, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like you almost become this kind of like novelty mm-hmm. in dating, mm-hmm. like that y- you're a mix of both. Yeah. And so like... Sometimes what I've found is like white guys feel like this sense of, you know, novelty and excitement mm-hmm. and I'm so exotic. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like, they don't really want to be with like a black girl, but like the fact yeah. that I'm kind of black, like makes them feel yeah. like special and like they, they, like they have this thing. Well, I mean, I've experienced that and I also experienced like prior to my current relationship where I've, and I've dated white guys in the past, mm-hmm. dated black guys, but I found a lot of white guys were interested in me and wanted to date me, but not necessarily seriously. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to kind of experience that. And some, I have dated some white guys seriously, so that's not, you know, yeah. it's kind of a generalization, mm-hmm. but, and yeah. that could be the case with all races, mm-hmm. but it does, yeah, sometimes feel like you are something that's like new and exciting and different. Yeah. yeah. And it can work in your favor sometimes and exactly. sometimes it feels so it kind it of odd. It starts to feel a little uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. like commenting on like that, the love, the color of your skin and, yeah. lo- and it's like, oh. Yeah, you feel objectified and yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I had a thought and now I lost it. <laughs> but I think um, it's also interesting like how that plays a role in in dating when you combine being a woman of color, being... How old are you? Being 28. I'm okay. 28. So you're a little yeah. bit older um, than me, but uh, being a young... 28. That sounds so old, isn't it? <laughs> no, it Thank doesn't. <laughs> I'm 25. That doesn't sound old to me. Just older than me, you know, yeah. through math. You're good at that. <laughs> Um, but of like the, the, the combination of being young, a woman, woman of color, ambitious, Mm -hmm. successful, um, in dating. Like, I think from what I remember, Ari being very like, yes. And that's something that like I experienced in normal dating as well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because you would think, you know, those would be all the things that someone might be looking for. But yeah, yeah in a way it's, and I, yeah, it was definitely something that Ari and I, like I kind of felt in our, um, in all my time on the show. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I have no hard feelings for Ari at yeah. all. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not, I mean, he's not the first guy that, mm-hmm. that has kind exactly. of been like that. It's sort of like, it's one too many things, right? Like mm-hmm. you want someone who is um beautiful but then like someone who's beautiful and smart and ambitious Mm -hmm. and it's like I think you know I try not to take it personally because I just think you know it's maybe they're not quite ready for that yet you know and I think that's a good a good place to put it that it's not on you and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you um but that perhaps the person's not in that place to receive that or Mm -hmm. doesn't think that they are deserving Mm -hmm. of it um perhaps it's not something that they've ever experienced before so they don't know how to interact with it yeah um but I think that's really important because there have definitely been times for me in dating where it's like okay you know like do I dumb it down a bit Mm -hmm. like how do I you know balance this all out for them to make sense of but um I don't think that it is something you should think it's mm-hmm. like wrong with you or that you do need to change, you know, mm-hmm. because the right person I think will be able to meet you there and mm-hmm. will appreciate all of those things. Yeah, no, and my my boyfriend now, I've never felt more comfortable just being like exactly who I am. Like mm-hmm. if I want to be, you know, really intellectual one mm-hmm. day, if I want to be really sassy one day, if I yeah. want to just be silly, if I want, I feel like I can show all those sides of me and it feels really like, kind of a relief to be able to do that because I don't think that I've ever really 
been able to do that with um, with friends I have, mm-hmm. but not even all my friends. You know, there are yeah. certain friends that you can't show all those sides to, but um, definitely not as much, you know, with mm-hmm. romantic partners. So, yeah. yeah. Well, good. I'm so glad that you guys like were able to find each other and yeah. that you have that. Yeah, me too. Thank that's you. really sweet. <laughs> that's really sweet. I mean, that, that's what you hope for. Yeah. So I'm really happy for you. Um, and I want to, we, we kind of briefly talked about um, some things before recording. And one of the things that you brought up was this um, event called mm-hmm. Landmark. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool. And I think I had like briefly heard about it before, but yeah. I would love for you to share a little bit about what it is with listeners and then would yeah. love to like go a little bit into what your experience was sure. with that. I think it's also, sometimes it's weird. People get like weirded out because they think it's like, I'm a spokesperson for it, which I'm not. It's <laughs> just, just someone who had the experience. I had the experience. It's what it's called. It's really funny actually too, because my mom did this program like 10 years ago. And okay. she, whenever I was going through like a hard time, like when I, right after college, when I was living in Arizona and, you know, I moved there for work, I had no mm-hmm. friends, no family. I couldn't yeah. really date because the work that I was doing um, I was in restaurant management actually. So I worked mm. weekends a lot. I yep. worked nights. So it was like a weird, I didn't have a normal schedule to like make friends and mm-hmm. date. And so it was just a tough time. And like, you know, after moving back to California, I did, started dating someone and then that relationship ended like eight months later and it was kind of a tough time. And she always would tell me like, you need to do Landmark. Hmm. And I'd be like, you know, when, you, when your parents tell you something, you're like, okay, yeah. whatever. And you just yeah. kind of go by your way. <laughs> And then finally, my friend from college, who I really love and respect, not that I don't respect my mom, I do a mm-hmm. lot, but um, she was like, she told me that I should do it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if my mom's <laughs> saying that and she's saying that, you know, I'll um, consider it. So one day I went to visit her in San, San Diego and she kind of like tricked me and took me to this like after, like an after work event where like mm-hmm. people sign up for the program. So I signed up for it and basically... Um, and I was, you know, saying to you earlier, I've never been opposed to therapy. I think I've just always mm-hmm. never taken the time to find the right, the right therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. feel like that's like, like, I'm always fearful that like, well, how do I know that they're going to be a good therapist? So I'm just not going to even look. Yes. And you're so not alone <laughs> in that. I get questions about that all the time. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's kind of like you know, making friends in a new place, you know, like you might go and meet up with this one friend and it might be like, oh, I didn't really connect with them. I yeah. don't think I want to hang out with them yeah. again. But then like you go out a different night and yeah. you meet a different friend. Um, and it is, you know, I always recommend the website psychologytoday.com for people um, because it makes it super easy to filter through with your insurance, with your location, oh, okay. um, issues that you want to discuss, um, you know, your gender preference for a therapist um, and, you know, all therapists are very familiar with like the intake process and figuring out, you know, oftentimes there isn't that pressure of like, you know, you can go home and think about it and let me know if you want to schedule another session. And it's definitely a scary step to take, but, um, you know, you hopefully will have a lot of support from like friends and family and, and all of that once, once you do start the journey and it's, it's always something you can go back and revisit. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, you know, at this point in my life, I'm not in therapy, but mm-hmm. you know, I could sign and not that anything is particularly wrong, but I don't think something has to be wrong to, to, you know, yeah. go into Mm-mm. therapy and to have someone to talk to. So, yeah. um, but, but yeah, so anyway, I, um, my point is, is that I'm not opposed to self-help. I think yeah. that, you know, there's always life is not, was not made to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it only gets harder, you yeah. know, the older you get. Yeah. Um, and so I think the more that you can do to kind of mm-hmm. find ways around it to navigate it mm-hmm. so that you um, are staying in a good mental space. But so I did this, um, It's a, was it a two or three? I think it was three days long and it was like from morning to night. Like we got mm-hmm. there at like 9 a.m. and we were there till like 10 or 11 p.m. Um, and basically it's really interesting because as I was saying, people go up and kind of share their experiences and talk about some really traumatic things that have happened to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not forced to share. You can just sit and listen. Um, And I didn't end up sharing um, until I think the last night. And even then I just kind of talked about my, you know, experience and how I got there. Mm But, um, you know, the the point of it is, it's like to not blame people for what's happened to you and to not hold on to things that have happened to you. Like we don't realize even that maybe something that happened when you were five years old and you can't Mm -hmm. even 
remember exactly what it was totally changed your way of thinking about yourself. Like someone said something to you, you know, like you wanted to be a singer and you were singing, humming a tune and then someone in passing is like, oh, you can't sing or Mm -hmm. your voice sounds horrible. Then the rest of your life, you think that you can't sing. And so the idea of it is to not hold on to those, your experiences and what has happened to you. And And what would you say yours was like going into that, like who you were blaming or or what you had resentment for? Um, I think that I held resentment um, towards my parents for their relationship. And, and I kind of touched on it a little bit on the show as well. And, you know, my parents were, um, they felt a little bit sad about it when Mm -hmm. I expressed it on the, on the show, because they are still married and, Mm -hmm. you know, they love each other very much, but, and no relationship is perfect. And so, and I, and totally get that. Mm -hmm. But I think that I was, um, you know, I, in my relationships was looking for something completely opposite of that because I was afraid I didn't Mm want to have a relationship that emulated that, you know. And can you touch a little bit on what that was uh, for people who haven't watched the show, like what it was that you had shared? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was just that, um, you know, my parents argued a lot and Mm -hmm. kind of had, um, and it wasn't, it's, I think it's a standard thing that you, you deal with as a child um, yeah. and normal relationships. And my parents just decided to stick it out versus a lot of people would, you know, once they have disagreements, would have a, um, have a divorce. And so I think for me, I needed to forgive that, whatever happened in their relationship mm-hmm. and not think that it was going to carry over to my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a perfect time for me because it was right after I finished the show. It hadn't started airing yet. Yeah. I wasn't really dating anyone. I hadn't really um, dated anyone seriously for a few months before the show. So there wasn't there wasn't another relationship that I was like holding on to. So it was a perfect time to kind of clear myself from like any preconceived notions that I may have gotten from my parents mm-hmm. and know that they really did their best and mm-hmm. that, you know, their relationship doesn't dictate mine. Yeah. So you kind of felt like growing up then that the the messages or the dynamic that you were seeing was that kind of like no matter how bad it is in the relationship that you stick it through kind of thing? Um, not necessarily. I think it was more that, you know, love is really difficult and that mm-hmm. you're, it's never going to like, it's, like for me, I remember saying when I was 14 that I never wanted to love anyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that ever aired on the show. I don't think it did. But, mm-hmm. um, and it was because I thought that just because you, loving someone means that you're going to have difficulty. Like loving isn't going to be easy ever. That the love that you saw was a very difficult, yeah. difficult love yeah. with like a lot of conflict and like, Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, nothing, obviously nothing abusive or anything like that, but just the struggles, like struggling financially, mm-hmm. you know, disagreements and, and things like that. And so I always, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, getting, falling in love and, you know, being married is not going to be an easy ride. Yeah. So why, why is everyone wanting to do this? It yeah. doesn't seem like it's an easy thing to do. Hmm. So I kind of needed to rid yeah. that, that thought frame or that frame of thought rather. Hmm. So for you going and and doing this event where you're kind of like uh, releasing yourself of resentment and of blame, part of that sounds like was not only directed at your parents, but also directed at this notion of what love was. Yes, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Because I, you know, I think that you see a lot, and, and I think I see a lot of people in relationships, friends, you know, strangers who seem to just be in them, just to be in them. And I never wanted to that to be the case for me. So I wanted to have a clear... Mm-hmm you know, um, and healthy thought about Mm -hmm. a potential relationship and love and everything, because I didn't want to just get in it because that's kind of what was supposed to happen. And I think that um, it's interesting going on the show because a lot of the viewers just want to see a love story, Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily know all of the things behind it. And so, and I, I, I think that speaks to something bigger. It speaks to people in general thinking that 
they need to find a love story to be happy. Like yeah. they need to have that in order to have their life be complete. And that's not true. You know, I'm, I'm very happy and grateful for my relationship, but also I know that if I wasn't in one, mm-hmm. it would be okay. And that would be totally yeah. fine. And yeah. I was just I in one just and as happy. now yeah. I'm not, and I'm yeah. happier than I was. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's just interesting because I think that I wish that there wasn't this notion that you are successful because you are in a relationship. Especially as a woman. Yeah. There's that extra added pressure Mm -hmm. for sure as a woman that like, if you're not in a relationship, well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you in a relationship? Yeah. Like, oh, you're single? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, in some ways it's like, it is because let's say you do want to have a family, you do Mm want to have kids and there is a time frame around it. And obviously now luckily technology and you know you can kind of work around that in other ways but still it is it definitely is still rings true that you know Mm -hmm. you're kind of judged based on if you're in a relationship and who you're in a relationship with and all of those things that kind of yeah I think I mean I would imagine and I feel like you're fairly unique in the sense of being someone who goes on the show and and has this kind of viewpoint of what love is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious at the event at Landmark how you how you release that resentment and, and that perhaps like disinterest think, in love. Well, like how it wasn't that I was ever disinterested in it. I just was like I you know have you know had people that I've been in love with Mm -hmm. and, you know, it wasn't like I was like, no, love doesn't exist. But I think that I just told myself like, you know, if it's not going to be easy, then I don't want it. Or like, I'm not going to settle. And I think for me, I had to just say, yeah, it probably won't always be easy, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not worth it. And, um, you know, I think rather than just thinking that it had to be like black or white, like mm-hmm. there is some gray area there. Yeah. And with life, like life's not always easy. So obviously yeah. your relationship's not always going to be easy and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's a, a really important point because I think even for people who perhaps grow up and are like uh, children of divorce even, mm-hmm. that they can have this kind of viewpoint of love where maybe it's just kind of like that, that couldn't work mm-hmm. or that's, you know, not going to be enough mm-hmm. or what's the point. Um, but to also understand that like there are things that make it worth it. Mm-hmm. Like it is hard and relationships are hard, but there's... There is that gray area. Yeah. And, and I see, you know, some people are had it, have it even worse than me, meaning that they're just like, I'm so afraid of mm-hmm. the things that come with being in a relationship or being vulnerable yeah. or opening yourself up that they just don't go there at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't in that space, but it's I could see how that happens because, mm-hmm. you know, you, I think probably a lot of the pain that you've had in your life, I don't know, but has been around love and relationships and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, we are such social beings, like our highest form of torture is being in solitary confinement. Like we, we desire and we yearn and we, you know, we need Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. and connectedness and belonging. And so absolutely our like most significant, most vivid, most painful experiences of hurt often source from love Mm -hmm. it's love from our parents love from our friends love from other family love from our partners our romantic partners oftentimes where there's like very deep painful uh, feelings um and i'm i'm happy and excited for you that like you've you've done that work and Mm -hmm. you've you know really looked inward to see how you can move forward and how you can like experience love in a different way and perhaps in a way where you're actually really fully there. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. And I think even just putting yourself out there and like dating, mm-hmm. especially after show and all of that can be like a very weird world to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked, we talked, we talked briefly about like this notion of, of comparison, um, just as women. And Mm -hmm. then also, you know, from the show. And, um, I think especially when it comes to 
how we view love, mm-hmm. that a lot of that comparison comes in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if, if you can think back to any experiences of that, of like seeing other people in love and like how it made you reflect on like maybe what you deserve and like... Yeah, I think I... For me, I always... I don't think it, I ever felt jealous of seeing a relationship that's... And, you, that, and that's the other thing is like you never really know. And mm-hmm. I think social media makes it difficult because people can choose to portray their relationship however they yeah. want. You know, Doug and I were dating for six months before I even like posted him or showed mm-hmm. him on my social media because... And like crazy in love, but I just, you know, you never know what people are showing and, you know, someone could start dating a week ago and portray a perfect relationship and you don't know. So I think for me, I was just, you know, fearful that I wasn't going to find like that, that person that made me feel, you know, head over heels. Like Mm -hmm. I had been in love before, but now, you know, at, you know, by the time I was 25, 26, I felt like, okay, I know what it is that I'm looking for. And I dated a guy, um, the last guy I dated before I went on the show was great and so sweet, but I just didn't have that like that aha, that spark mm-hmm. feeling with him. And so I, I thought that like you would, you were gonna have to choose one or the other. Like either you're gonna have that crazy passion, yeah. it might be tumultuous, or you're gonna have someone who's like mm-hmm. stable and blah, blah blah. And so for me, it was just like shoot, is it going to happen? Yeah. Um, That's like, I was just having that conversation yesterday with a girlfriend um, talking about a a date that I had had. mm -hmm. And it is, it's such that like weird difference. Like, you know, you want someone that's going to be like a really good friend and that like, you know, fits in socially Mm -hmm. and all of that. And who like appears to be like this great package. Mm -hmm. And then there's like what, you know... (laughs) what I say with my girlfriends in private of like, but does he make your vagina dance? Like <laughs> yeah. that's really important. Um, and you know, thinking like, is this just going to be black or white? Like, yeah. do I have to pick one or the other? Yeah. Like, can I not find this that's what, and, and that's that together? what I thought. That's what I thought for a while, um, yeah. that it was going to be. And actually when I broke up with the guy who was, um, who didn't make my vagina dance, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I dated after that and I met guys that there was that, more chemistry with. Mm-hmm. I actually met Doug after that and we had mm-hmm. crazy chemistry, but we just weren't ready for that relationship yet. Yeah. And so, you know, prior to going on the show, I always thought like, and I didn't like, it wasn't a permanent thought, but it was just like a, hmm, I wonder if you can have mm-hmm. both. And I did see relationships that looked like they had both, but again, it's all appearances. Yep. You never know. But I did see relationships like that. And I like, I thought to myself, you know, I want that. Like, I don't want to have to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't want to settle. I'm not going to settle until I get both of those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious how you, being in a relationship now, mm-hmm. I mean, I can think back to this for me, um, but being in a relationship now, how, how that comparison, you know, sits emotionally with you, like, I know being a paradise couple, I was constantly compared to other paradise couples. Mm -hmm. And from the get go, I was like, don't do that. Yeah. I was like talking to other people, even just from the show, even when we were still on paradise of like, oh my gosh, you guys are the next Jane Tanner. I was like, Mm -hmm. stop. Yeah. Stop. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't put that on me. Um, so I know where like in my experience, I can like think about how that was really difficult, but I'm curious for you, like how you know, the comparison being in a relationship now Mm -hmm. impacts you and how you deal with it. Um, well, I think it's hard to, I can't compare it to like life before because I think now being in relationship after being on the show, Mm -hmm. um, first of all, you know, many people have been super supportive and are really Mm -hmm. happy for me. And then some people are like, no, why aren't you dating someone from the bachelor franchise? No, why aren't you on paradise? Yeah. And And it's sort of like, okay. And that's the other thing and why I kind of took my time revealing my relationship because it is a really exciting thing for me. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I don't want to have outside noise kind of impacting that, but you know, it, it is interesting to see how different people um, think, kind of feel like they can speak about mm-hmm. your relationship so yeah. openly and you kind of just have to accept it because you you put yourself in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel my friends said something really interesting, which is like, 
she's one of my best friends and she was saying how, you know, most of the time when you're in a positive relationship, you don't spend that much time talking about your partner with your friends because things are just going as they are. And like, that's kind of how I feel. Mm -hmm. Like things are good and it feels like, and I feel like I can still focus on myself in the relationship rather than it, my entire attention just being that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're able to like actually explore and express other parts of your identity besides the fact that you are a partner to yeah, this person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that really is such a good point. I mean, I think, um, when I think back to like when my relationships haven't been the best and when they've been on their way out the door that you do find that your conversations with your friends, um, really revolve around, around that relationship. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is like the third call today about something that's happening. So, you know, how, how do I move forward and like try to either resolve things or figure out like what direction this is actually going? Mm -hmm. Um, cause yeah, when things are good, like you're just kind of going about, going about your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. When are we getting together? Um, but yeah, when it's not good, then it's like, Mm -hmm. and and it's not a good feeling either to have that anxious, feeling about your relationship. And that's definitely something that, you know, I don't want. And if I feel that happening, then I, you know, will try to get to the root of that. So, yeah. And I think that's a really good point for, um, our, we did a, a breakup episode and one of the questions we got a lot was, um, you know, how do you know when to end a relationship? Mm-hmm. And like, oftentimes we wait for an event or mm-hmm. for something to happen or for it to get that bad. That bad. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a great warning sign to be aware of yeah. that. Like if you are finding that a lot of your conversations with your friends start becoming about like all these different conflicts and all of that, that, you know, maybe take a look at that. Yeah. And I think, you know, as a piece of advice for your friends, if you are the friend who's listening to the yeah. friend relationship, I recently was, you know, out with a group of girlfriends and I met this girl for the very first time, mm-hmm. but we just started talking about relationships and she asked me about my boyfriend and then, you know, she started talking about her, her boyfriend and you could just tell that there was a lot of strain in yeah. her voice about it and she felt like it, she wanted to break up with him, but she didn't know how mm-hmm. and they'd been together for so long and then there's the feelings of like, then I'm going to be alone. It's like so many things yeah. that wrap up in it and I think as a friend, you know, I shared my experience and how, um, you know, it was difficult for me to end that relationship with a really nice guy because I'm like, he's a great guy. He has a great mm-hmm. family and now I'm never going to find anyone. Yep. And, but, you know, it, you'll know when it's the right moment. Mm-hmm. I think when you tell your friends that, like, just, you don't have to make a decision today. Yeah. You'll just know when the right moment is. Then I think that frees them up. And then shortly after she messaged me and she's like, I ended the relationship because I think people think like, I should know, like right this second, mm-hmm. I should know. Yeah. And when I said like, you'll know when the right moment is like for me, when I did it, it didn't necessarily feel like the right moment. I just mm-hmm. decided that I had to do it then. Yeah. And I think that, you know, once people know that there's that freedom and that they don't mm-hmm. need to have it made up right this second, mm-hmm. then they feel a little bit, you know, yeah. more open to ending it. Yeah. That there's like some, some freedom there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's like, I feel like almost every episode of the pod <laughs> could do around breakups and I know. <laughs> relationships because <laughs> there are so many layers to it. Um, and it impacts us emotionally like so much. Yep. Um, yeah, a lot of energy. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. Um, but I appreciate like your openness and willingness to share and be vulnerable with your story, not only with your relationship, but also just with like your history of mm-hmm. your of your life. And um, it's like nice to learn a little bit more about you than I than I did before. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been fun being here. Are we done? Yeah, I oh. think it's like time what to time is it? wrap it up a little bit. We've been 48 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, you can, oh, you have the timer there. Yeah. I'm like, how do you know? A little timer. <laughs> a little timer. Um, but I mean, is there th- some, anything you want to like touch on that we didn't no, get to? Um, I'm trying to think. Is there any b- other Bachelor-related stuff that you wanted to ask? Um, or I'm sure that there's Bachelor stuff that other listeners definitely want to hear, but I'm probably going to leave that for other podcasts that you yeah. go on that focus a little bit more on yeah. um, Bachelor stuff. But I think, I mean, I definitely appreciated like 
what they did air of you. You know, yeah. I know that there's a whole lot more that not everyone gets to see. And I hope that, you know, you're able to a little bit more share yeah. some of that yeah, via definitely. social media yeah. and just like, obviously in your everyday life, like mm-hmm. you do. Um, but I think what they did show was, was very like respectful and like allowed other people to connect to you. Like I know for me watching the show, it's not very frequent that mm-hmm. like, I see someone and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I relate. I yeah. get it. Like I, yeah. I connect to that, you yeah. know? Um, and I know like I was that for some people too. And I think for me, it was nice like to see you then after me and be like, yeah, I I like her. Oh, well, thank you. I yeah. Like it was, it's been, I mean, and your experience was probably more rewarding because you did Paradise and everything. But yeah. I mean, I think for me, I kind of like after our season, um, I think that influenced, that was part of the reason why I didn't do Paradise because I didn't want to kind of jeopardize mm-hmm. that. So you, it's like yeah. sometimes don't mess up a good thing. Yep, you they know? always say, they always say you only get a good edit once. Yeah. And I was like, well, going on Paradise, I was like, I can't get any worse. So <laughs> here we go. And <laughs> hey, you got a good edit on Paradise. Sure. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Better than the first time around, that's for sure. Better experience overall. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, better edit, as we say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you again for coming thank on. You. And if people want to like get in touch with you and ask any questions or just, you know, say thank you, where could people reach you? So um I'd say the best to follow kind of what's going on Instagram, obviously, mm-hmm. and my um, handle is my first and last name, S-E-I-N-N-E-F-L-E-M-I-N-G. And then if you have any questions, um, I have a um, website, which I'm currently, it's under construction mm-hmm. and I'm building. So you can always shoot um, over an email there and ask me a question and I will do my best to get back to you. But sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'd say half the time I reply to... DMs mm-hmm. um, and things like that. I try to get to as many as I can. So um, feel free to reach out. And if I don't reply the first time, I might the second time. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> that's so sweet. Um, thank you again for coming on and for being vulnerable and sharing. Um, it's not always easy to do, but try to create a safe space for it. And I feel like we've definitely reached some other listeners with this conversation today so well thanks for having me yeah of course um and i love hearing stuff back from you guys as well so please feel free to leave a review on itunes and if you have topic suggestions or uh follow-up questions feel free to send an email to us at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com and i'll be back next week to talk some more fun things with you guys thanks This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.